2: to the Nutramedical Report. We have the amazing Jonathan Gray. His website is beforeus.com He's here on the show every two weeks V-E-F-O-R-E-U-S dot com And the book that we're talking about lately and he has lots of amazing videos and other materials. The latest video series that you had uh, talking about the Vatican. Can you give that title too? Because you have dozens of books and videos that are available you can download them immediately as soon as you purchase them Uh, This book is essential reading. Will You Survive? Is all based on biblical principles. And we're talking about all kinds of issues here. Um, Jonathan, can you give us some more details of the financial side? We just got off an hour or half an hour talking with Jim Deal regarding carrot bars and carrot bank. Uh, People don't realize that we're in the start of a trade war with China. The world economy is going to take a major hit this year. And if you're not protecting your finances, you're going to get clobbered. Uh, This is the start of what I call the fat years are are going to continue for the next seven years This is a prophetic warning Uh, And uh, the first year of the second term of Trump He will actually sign this trade agreement Which allows the Palestinian state to set up the caliphate and the Jews to start their blood sacrifice So you have to understand the world is going through birth pangs Heading toward the final new world order at the same time They're doing everything they can to impeach Trump And it's not because Trump's a great guy Trump is doing a lot of great business things for America, but what he's doing is he's challenging the global elite and the bankers that run the world and the intel agencies, and he's really taking them off. But if you're caught up with just U.S. dollars or even any other currency like the Kiwi dollar or the Australian dollar or euro, you're going to lose big time because these these currencies are going to be devalued probably in the not-too-distant future as the
1: world economy takes a major hit, isn't it? Yes, it is. <clears throat> and and this is why it's so important now is the time to get out of the big cities they're going to become a death trap very very soon right uh there's there's no doubt about that it's absolutely certain it's as sure as the fact that you're breathing at this moment the cities are going to become a death trap and there's terrible destruction coming upon all the big cities
2: right and by the way um what people should understand i hear a lot of background noise i hope we are brought up uh, mckenzie can get that can you can you hear it too, uh, Jonathan, that sound, that whooshing sound? No, I don't hear that. Everything uh, sounds... I, 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 I'm hoping that our audience can hear, and I hope McKenzie can reduce that, because it sounds like there's a wind rushing. Um, I want you to go on in the principles you were talking about before. That's why I strongly recommend people get saved in silver and gold, even if they get silver coins. But the best form of gold is the Care Bank uh, gold, coins, and cryptocurrency Tied to it now is going to allow you to have the portability at, and actually physically get real money. All the, the currencies that all the governments in the world are producing, like the euro in uh, Europe and the, even the Chinese currency, are basically uh, fake money. The actual U.S. dollar, which is a Fed Reserve dollar, says, when you get a currency note, you actually owe the Fed Reserve. So tell us what your policy is toward not only finances, but also gardening, getting out of the big cities. What are the other principles that are in the Bible? that we talk about the uh, secure or safe refuge places that are in the Bible in the book of Genesis.
1: Yes, yes. Well, uh, the book of Genesis is really a a specialist uh, instruction book on this, and that's why I do recommend that you get hold of my book because it will give you step by step uh, what to do. And uh, and what I should mention is this, that um, there's going to be a lot of things that have to be covered. Uh, What will you eat? When the grocery store shelves are empty. Uh, What can you do to protect your family? Should you move and where will the safest place be? We're going to go through all this again and again until it sinks in. How can you protect your business? How can you save your job? What should you do with your money in the bank? Is there any safe investment to help you survive? And when money, the money system collapses, what one thing is more valuable than even silver and gold?
2: Yeah, starts with
1: the word letter F, doesn't it? It does. Yes, it's a big letter F, and it's so important. In fact, you use it every day, and everybody does. Uh, How to survive without money? How to avoid panic? What are the best survival foods to store? And what foods should you not store? What containers should you use? And what containers should you not use? And it will give you a ready-made, instant compendium of essential survival items. Now, a question I'm going to ask and answer is, what is the greatest nutrient food on earth that requires only a few inches of growing space in your kitchen? You can grow it all in your kitchen in just a tiny little space. Now, we'll also show you how you can cut down on food costs and still eat like a king or a queen. How to enjoy reduced disease risk, greater endurance, more energy, mind improvement, protection from obesity, increased longevity, no constipation, less proneness to drug addiction, and cheaper insurance at the same time. Now, there's a lot in that, just so much. Uh, We'll give you a recipe to fight any plague, because be be, be aware of this. Plagues are going to break out once this starts happening.
2: And by the way, the plagues, a lot of them are going to be weaponized. They're already waiting in the wings to be released in the public. Like, for example, the current flu, H3N2 and H1N1 aren't just spontaneously mutating. They're mutating because they're being lab bench-directed and the, H, the new B virus that's coming out now that kills children is starting now this week, and there are big notices that we're going to have increased uh, death due to children being affected because influenza B is much more deadly for children. And people need to realize that there's all kinds of bugs, like, for example, Candida auris, which showed up a year and a half ago in Japan, has a 30% death rate even in the intensive care unit. So people have to understand when the, your nutrition is reduced, even if it's not a weaponized bug, the death rate increases dramatically, doesn't it?
1: So oh, the, absolutely well, b- yeah. What Dr. Bill is saying is, is absolutely spot on Right Now, now how to construct And uh, um, We'll also give you some helpful uh, hints on How to construct a brilliant underground shelter Very easily and cheaply How to refrigerate food And even freeze water with no electricity How to cook without electricity Or wood Or petroleum Or other fuels Do you think that's possible? Yes, it is How to defend yourself and family, how to protect yourself from radiation, how to protect yourself from vaccination, how to avoid bankruptcy, and most of all, why spiritual preparation is essential. But the the whole theme is prepare to get your family to safety now. Don't wait till the crash comes. It's going to be too late. Yeah, and
2: and the crash is coming. Now, it might be even seven years when the full crash happens because they're going to be called crashlets. The first crashlets are going to take a lot of wealth away from the middle class and other people, and it's going to affect third world and second world countries faster than it will affect, say, America. And that's the problem is we're going to have a mass immigration problem, which is why if Trump doesn't get control of our people overstaying visas and the actual border, we're going to get a mass immigration of people coming in starving, hungry masses expecting to be saved by coming to America. And people need to know that. In other, other countries around the world, their, their economy is really going to get hit. So if America gets a cold, other nations are going to get a cardiac arrest, aren't they?
1: Oh, yes, yes. And we say over in New Zealand, when America sneezes, the whole world catches a cold.
2: Right, and the economy of America is going to increase dramatically. In the next few years, the fact that they're not going to be able to steal our intellectual property, and you're going to see factories move back because the combination of AI and robotics means you don't need slave laborers in China or Malaysia you're going to have robots with engineers overseeing giant robot-induced factories building things in 3D printing of parts, etc. You can have them built in someone's garage, and you can have two or three hundred garages with people working as a technician, just delivering parts that are going to be tested to see if they're machined correctly, sent off to a central assembly system with a robotic manufacturer. People think, "Well, that won't happen. It's already happening in Japan. And this is going to change things, so all the slave nation idea that you want to send it off to China or Malaysia or India to actually manufacture, that's going away. And that means a good part of the population of Earth are basically going to be unemployable, isn't it? That's true. And people aren't ready for that. They're not ready for the idea of a whole different idea. What is an economy? No one's ever thought about that, including the so-called economists teaching at university. They haven't rethought the idea, what is an economy in 2030 or 2025? What is it? It's not what it is today, is it? Thing, uh, th- the world is no longer normal. You can forget normality. That's gone. Yeah, that's right. And, and all the academics aren't going to help you either. And welcome back. So, uh, Jonathan... Tomorrow we're going to have on the program Vince Finelli, and I'm hoping to get Rick Shaven talking about some of the newer types of designs for power. People need to realize we need to get a new financial system and, and be ahead of the curve on that. We need to also get out of the big cities. I believe in what I call the uh, cities or, or villages of refuge, like the books of the book of the of the Bible called well, Genesis <clears throat> that talks specifically about this. And all these principles, by the way, are referenced back into the Bible to tell us that God's telling us in the time of the end how to prepare for the fact that there's going to be a collapse of civilization uh... <clears throat> and now for example i just read an article yesterday that america's falling behind in terms of hypersonic uh, cruise and missile types that could strike the united states both russia and china and they're proliferating through countries like north korea north korea if we don't stop them will proliferate them to iran venezuela and all over the place probably brazil so it will be attacked not only from russia and china but also from south america People need to realize that what's happening is society is heading toward an economic, geoclimatic, nuclear, chemical, and biological apocalypse. And nothing that mankind is doing is stopping it. In fact, if anything, it's it's not slowing it down. The only one that's actually opposing it, just with common sense and business practices, is Donald Trump. And again, remember, he's a baby Christian. He's just a great businessman. And we're praying he becomes a Christian but the man is in tremendous opposition. The latest they threw at him was this uh, former one-night stand that they, they, they say he had, but he denies it, about 12 years ago before his current marriage. And what people don't understand is what's going on here. Because I think Trump is very, got a very strong potential to become a Christian. It's likely he's going to put two more people on the Supreme Court and actually get rid of abortion in America or dramatically reduce it uh, at the very least, he's going to, in the first place, get it down to where we won't be one of seven nations that allows abortion beyond the 20th week. But I think America is under judgment, and I think we have a short period of time where we can move in grace to actually not only get out of the big cities, but save the remnant population that, that, that thinks that, you know, they're not going to get raptured out of here, which is a pile of garbage. You're going to have to literally basically listen to God like the Bereans and the sons of Issachar and move yourself to a place of refuge when civilization collapses, because it's going to get ugly, Uh, people don't understand how
1: bad it actually will get, do they? That's right. (coughs) Well, uh, as we have mentioned, uh, I think, in the previous broadcast, uh, it's time to be be planning to move out. Uh, And if you didn't know it, there's only three days' worth of food on the shelves of all the supermarkets. Right. The, same goes, the same goes not just for America but for other countries in the West as a whole. And, and just in time, inventory practices is, is what's been causing this. America, which is typical of many Western countries, uh, inventories are kept extremely well managed and tight because of the amazing efficiency of modern transport and manufacturing. But what happens when the system breaks down and the food distribution system gets disrupted? Well... Just imagine a disruption that lasts not just a few months, but one that could affect the food supply for years to come. According to reliable sources, Pentagon wives, wives of of, uh, people uh, around the Pentagon, are being told that very soon something big is going to happen, and when it does, they'll have only two hours to get out of the cities, because the cities are going to be shut down, and no one will be able to get in or out. Now, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but it, it is worth hammering home. If a portion of your family is in their place of employment when disaster strikes suddenly, the children are at school and one or two people are at home, it's likely that the children could be hustled away to some emergency place and there'll be no time for you all to get together. So that's worth thinking about. If you live in a big city, it's time to start arranging to move out while you still can. But if you absolutely can't, at least have your car packed with what you need so that when this major something happens, you can get out fast because you won't have time to pack and get out. Now, it's very important to stay in fellowship with like-minded friends. Establish your own emergency notification network. Uh, have a go-bag with clothes, tent and essentials. Now, when the power goes down in the city, including the loss of telephones, including radio stations, it means that the power is intentionally being shut off. And you can know this because telephones, radio stations and TV stations have backup power of their own so if the power is being shut off it means that the city is in emergency condition even if it hasn't been announced mm, right and it means that you must leave immediately before the perimeter is established by civil and military authority
2: and, and by the way when, that, they, when they when they develop a perimeter i have to insert this that perimeter if you try to escape the perimeter their their orders including FEMA, is shoot to kill and put you in a body bag. it's not to assist you or bring you to even civil detention it's to shoot to kill
1: That's correct, absolutely. And it may mean that martial law has been imposed even if it has not been announced. Right. And when the infrastructure fails, cities will become death traps. Right. People in the cities will riot, they'll go chaotic, they'll hurt other people, and if you're still in the city, there may be no way out, and no way for anyone to come to your aid. And if gasoline's not available, your car will be useless. So you need to keep that stocked up ready until you go. Right. And and if you need to be gone, where will you go? And that's where the preparation provides an answer. Wherever it is, it should be at very least 10 to 15 miles outside a major city and not where everyone else wants to go. So for a start, why not move to a smaller place? Well, better still, right out into the country, have a garden now, and grow as much of your food as possible. Yeah, what we're doing now
2: yeah. is I have our realtor, who's going to work most nationally and international, Dave Mitchell, and we're buying. We're going to buy his group's property, 50 to 100 families. We're now just taking names, so say contact uh, Dave Mitchell. Uh, Dave, we, we've got his information if you need to get it from me. It's 619-990-6050. His email, nationally and internationally, is mitchellre at at and dot net, and he'll assist you anywhere. If you're trying to set up in New Zealand, you want a community. What we need to do is get names. So if we could say 50 to 100 names, we'll then require you to give us the next amount of money to buy the property, so we don't have a mortgage. But they're going to start put buildings on it, make sure we have a gravity water filter, uh, solar power and battery backups, and then start populating with everybody from police, military to correct to protect the perimeter growing food, teaching school, pastors, nurses, doctors. You need to have a whole community that can pass on the skill sets to the others because you have to presume that when you set up this community, you're not just doing it for a month or two until, quote, it settles down. You're going there permanently. You have to consider that this is going to be for decades or even centuries. This is not something that's temporary, is it?
1: No, no. Uh, You're not going to survive it unless you're prepared.
2: Right, and you also have to realize you can't do it as a mom and pop, even if you're a millionaire and you get a fancy high-tech shelter somewhere. You're not going to make it, especially if you have a medical disaster or you have some other reason that somebody can get into your property. You need to have a full community or you're not going to survive, right? That's right, yes. <clears throat> and well, it has to be like-minded. If they're not like-minded believers, it's suicidally stupid to be with people that are not like-minded believers in any kind of survival community. Forget it. Just stay in your home and realize, start drinking your wine or your bourbon whiskey, because you're going to die now if you haven't moved out of the big cities and decided to get into community. When disaster strikes, you have hours and days before it hits you, and literally, violence and cannibalism are going to be unbelievable when it happens. Attention, business. Owners. So, Jonathan, let's get into a couple of specifics.
1: Um, let's say food growing. Right? I, I, I think perhaps it, it, it's better just to stick for a moment, Bill, if you don't mind, to uh-huh. to, to, to a, pre- a historical precedent to show what actually does happen in a situation like this. Absolutely. Let's go through that. Now, in the New Testament is recorded a prophecy made by Jesus in AD 31. And he told his followers that in their own lifetime, Jerusalem would be destroyed by armies. And he foretold a specific sign that would indicate when this was about to occur. Right. He said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. And he warned, then get out quickly at that time. Well, you might ask, well, why would the Romans want to attack Jerusalem? Wasn't it already part of the empire? Didn't they already have jurisdiction over it? So why would they ever want to besiege the city? Okay. And for that matter, how could anyone ever leave the city once it was surrounded by armies? Now, on the surface, this advice he gave might seem just a little senseless especially since Rome had treated the Jews leniently, they lived by their own religious law, they were exempt from military service, and they even retained puppet kings like the Herods. However, some 30 years went by, and the Roman officials became more grasping, and crushed by taxation, the Jews turned to the Zealots, those fanatical leaders to whom Rome was a foe, to be rooted out with the sword. And then in AD 65, the Roman agent Florus did something that really upset the Jews, and they revolted. Uh, they were led by a man called John of Giscala. He was a rich merchant of Galilee. And another man, Simon Bar-Giorus. And the Jews rose in mass revolt. <coughs> And the Roman garrisons were surprised and cut to pieces. And Jerusalem itself was seized by these Jewish fighters and fortified suddenly. Now a Roman legate, the Roman legate of Syria, Cestius Gallus, he took command of Judea and in the autumn of the next year he marched against Jerusalem and surrounded with his troops. Now, if it had not been for the Jewish rebellion that year, the Romans would have had no reason to besiege Jerusalem. But Jesus foresaw it and foretold it. He said, when armies surround Jerusalem, then flee. Now, the pagan sun worship banners, which betokened the precedence of Gentile arms, not only appeared near and around the city, but they were eventually in the holy place. Now, it was the signal for those who believed the warning. But how could they flee? The attackers encircled the city. And the furious war party in the city, the Zealots, would have prevented anyone getting out. Well now, Cestius' Roman troops were so successful that the Jews were about to surrender. And encouraged by a promise of the loyalist party in Jerusalem to open the gates for him, Cestius gathered his troops to a strong assault... And he penetrated as far as the northern wall of the temple. But then an astonishing thing happened. Absolutely was. Uh, absolutely amazing. He suddenly withdrew from the city without any reason in the world. Now, I, when, when I say without any reason in the world, I'm quoting Josephus, who was a historian eyewitness of the event. Right. Without any reason in the world, he withdrew. Now the Christians knew the reason why he had withdrawn. It was so they could get out, even though he may not have known that. And as the zealots opened the gates, they set out in pursuit of the retiring Romans. And the believers knew that their moment had come that Jesus had told them to watch for. And every Christian fled out through the open gates at the proper time. As a matter of fact, history tells us that they fled to a place called Pella in the foothills.
2: Yeah, is, that,
1: is that near Petra? Uh, it's, it's on the same side as Petra, but further north. Right. Yeah. In the foothills of a mountain range over the river, though, on the on the other side of the Jordan Valley. Right. Now, uh, even the Encyclopedia Judaica, uh, the uh, Jewish Encyclopedia says, its Christian community moved to Pella. And... Uh, Josephus uh, writing in his Jewish uh, war said it's hard, to ask- it's hard to account for this, prop- for this uh, event uh, but uh, we know that Jesus actually had foretold it, he had foreseen it and so not one Christian perished when Jerusalem was then destroyed they had been watching for the sign, they followed Jesus' instructions and the prophecy was spot on Now Jesus actually told them that the flight out of the city would require such haste that a man on the housetop or in his garden should not try to gather any extra clothing. And as events proved, this haste was very necessary. Time was very important in this. To postpone flight would bring danger. The Roman armies soon came back. And the temporary respite was the last chance for the Christians to get out. Now, as the Romans devastated one town of Judea after another, people fled when possible. The ordinary people were fleeing when they could into Jerusalem, and they swelled the numbers there that had to be fed. And this continued because they thought that united action from Jerusalem would be their safeguard. And during a comparative lull in the storm, thousands more people poured into the city. Now, the Christians had already got out, And the moment the Zeolites returned, the gates were then closed, and desperate preparations were made (coughs) for the next encounter. Now, no Christian could have got out of the city then. Right. Well, before long, the invading Romans returned to the siege, and fearful scenes of famine and bloodshed and cannibalism were to follow until Jerusalem was laid waste. Now, now these were people who considered they belonged to the one true God, the Creator, and yet they indulged in cannibalism. That's how desperate they became in the city. And yet, history records, and this is very important, that of those who heeded Jesus' words to get out of the city, not one of them perished. That's interesting. Right. Now, wow. that brings us to today. Escaping will be difficult for many. And this will be the decision point for those who are taken captive. Some will not leave their homes. Communities, when the time comes to escape, and they'll, they'll be captured, and, and many of them will lose their lives. And Jesus actually spoke very specifically about this. And... Uh, we, we uh, have just recounted the event now when it's time to escape it is time not to waste we're not talking about making preparation and getting a few things together going back to our house anything that hinders escape like, like finding the children at school or, or the weather won't help fleeing and escaping is a very serious matter and it requires serious preparation and the best time to get out of the cities is before things get out of control and that's where the problem is knowing when to go now it means being on watch being sober paying attention but most of all it means making the decision to escape before the need arrives Jesus has given a general warning about escaping for all peoples in all places. And he also says, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. Bill, he says, remember Lot's wife and Lot in Sodom. Lot's wife did not want to leave Sodom at the time of judgment, and whether it was her family or her friends or just her stuff, she turned back and she died.
2: Yeah, actually, I was seen, uh, seen the pillar of salt called Lot's wife near the uh, southern end of the Dead Sea, Near the what's called the Elihim Perizum drill site for A. C. Stevens and Faiko, the engineer from the oil company in Israel. Yeah. Lot's wife didn't make it, did she?
1: No, she didn't. She left it too late and, and lost her children too. Yeah. Wow. Amazing.
2: Back in a moment with Jonathan. Keep listening. Take action. But it wasn't because I didn't know Um, what's going on in the world, by the way, is they seized guns in Australia. How many years ago? About 10 years ago now? It hasn't happened yet in New Zealand. Um, we know that in Europe they did it years ago, and they want to do the same kind of thing in America. Uh, the response, by the way, of the public to um, trying to do things like Justice Stevens, who's now out of the Supreme Court, is we'll have such a violent revolution we either jail or kill most of these crazy maniacs who want to stake our guns. We'll give them back to them about a bullet at a time. So I'm teaching people how to make lethal and non-lethal weapons a hell of a lot more dangerous and warning than guns. And if they think that the the violence of the, of the helter skelter of the demonically energized is bad, the violence of the righteous is a lot more devastating and destroying. They're going to get it more than they can expect, aren't they?
1: Well... Uh, it's not going to be pretty, not at all. Now, actually, it's interesting that uh, Australia is starting to follow in the footsteps of America. uh, First of all, uh, I'm going to give an interesting story about leaving the cities in Australia. But first of all, I'll mention this. Uh, In Australia, everyday Christians are now coming under fire simply for living their faith. For example, in South Australia, the other day, a university student was suspended after praying privately with a friend. Because praying with a friend on the campus.
2: You're kidding.
1: Yeah. In New mm-hmm. South Wales, church plants were threatened with eviction from rented halls because activists objected to online sermon content. In Tasman- in the state of Tasmania, multiple Clergy are being hauled before anti-discrimination bodies for teaching the Bible. Uh, in the state of Victoria, medical and health professionals had their professional qualifications threatened because of their faith. Yeah, the usual and, things like like I had it
2: happen where I'm before the medical board back in the 2004, and they were really angry at the fact that I would pray with patients that were dying. What the hell? Or seriously you know, ill right. with a with a terminal condition. I said, you know what, you people can go to hell. I'm looking at all the board members. I said, you know what, I've never missed a diagnosis of anything. I'm a really good doctor. But they wanted to bring up objections that I traveled to 42 cities with the Prophecy Club, talking about end time things and my faith. And they thought that if I prayed with patients, I was crossing the line that I shouldn't do that with patients even if they're terminal. I think that's disgusting. They need to be bitch slapped to hell as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, the, the battle is intensifying, Dr. Bill. Well, we're not going to uh, put up with it. They they might think that they're
2: going to get away with that stuff with us. I'm a Joshua warrior, you know, like Joshua the warrior with Moshe. They're going to get a lot more than they bargained for. And,
1: and meanwhile, uh, as I was <clears> about <throat> to mention, that you know, a, a Christian couple in Western Australia, Bill, they're yep. being told they cannot foster, be foster parents because they have biblical views on morality, which is You're different kidding. from the government. Don't
2: move to and Australia, it, <laughs> and and, yeah. and you think that you think that New Zealand may follow suit uh, to what's going on in Australia? Oh, quite possibly.
1: Uh, they've they've <laughs> already uh, the, well, I won't talk about the prime minister here. <laughs>
2: and, yeah, the and, prime minister, yet... uh, the prime minister of New Zealand, a new one, doesn't even want Americans or anybody else to even buy property there anymore. Uh, because that's he right. thinks they're raising the price of property so that New Zealanders can't afford to buy a home anymore, can they?
1: Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, getting back to Australia, because New Zealand is, is going to follow, and they're and, and, and all following America too. In New South Wales, a university lecturer has been subjected to investigation in the last few days because of talks he gave in churches and Christian schools. So freedom to live out one's beliefs is so crucial because the law of the land is now getting in it wrong and getting in the way. Wow. Now, it's, it, that's one, another reason why it's time to leave the big cities. And uh, I, I have a friend in Australia who had a very interesting uh, warning about this. And uh, she says that um, around September mm. she started getting very uneasy about staying in the city of Canberra, the capital city. And she thought, well, now that's almost unthinkable because I've invested a lot of money in settling here and it's my second move this year. But the, the impression that she had to get out <coughs> wouldn't go away and while she was praying, the impression came stronger. It was so unsettling, she began talking to God about it and, and she said, what's going on, God? If this is you talking to me, you are just going to have to send someone to knock on the door and rent the unit to show me. Well, she was only three months into a twelve month lease, and to leave would mean to break the lease. And she says, well, almost straight away after I got off my off my knees praying, a family from the school who I had been helping, contacted me saying they have to move out of their unit and find somewhere else and did I know anywhere? And I mentioned my unit may come up in the future and they didn't say anything. But a few days later they asked me to come around. They knocked on my door and said, can we inspect your place and may we rent it? Can we have it? Can we take over your lease? Well, I was in shock. I considered what was happening was a direct communication from God answering my prayer. I hardly knew what to say because my mind was now whirling. So I said to them, look, will you give me some time to check it out and let, let, I'll let you know. Uh, it looked like a bad move to leave Canberra at this stage, but I needed to listen if God was talking. So I wrestled with it for a few days and got no peace when I tried to ignore it or outthink it. And I finally began asking, God, why? What's going on here? Why? Okay. And the shock is that he seemed to answer as I opened my son's brand new Bible in front of me and I asked him to speak to me and tell me why I needed to move out of the city. And I opened it up and read this. And the verse was from the Bible. There is terror coming on every side. Run away quickly. The enemy king has made plans against you. He has decided to attack you. The king has devised evil against you, and there will be terror on every side. And that was from Jeremiah chapter 49. And I thought, wow. And I was instantly gripped by extreme curiosity and real concern. And uh, I just... Answered as if he was standing right there, which by now I felt he was standing next to me, and I said, "God, what is happening then? Why is there going to be terror and attacks in Canberra City?" And again, I opened the Bible, and I uh, my eyes fell on the story of the young experienced boy King Joash with the high priest and his supporters who deposed the wicked Queen Athaliah, who usurped the throne. And I knew immediately what it meant. I asked, is this for me or others? Should I keep it to myself? And then my eyes fell on Psalm 40. I've told the whole community. I have told them what you have done to save me. I haven't kept it to myself. I have spoken. I haven't hidden your love from the whole community. And now my mind was whirling. After text every time I opened the Bible There was a message jumping out at me My constructed world In Canberra now began to crumble In my mind And I did some research and I was Disturbed to see that there were problems Brewing that I didn't know about A possible economic meltdown Or even war coming to Australia And I couldn't see A way clear but I knew I had to Move forward in faith And she (coughs) says When you rang me Jonathan I sensed I had to tell you about this. Right. And, uh, and I now have to leave the city. So I am left and I'm going to be happy about it. So go uh, on, okay. to how her far, a message.
2: How far north is Canberra compared to in Australia? Canberra is pretty far north, isn't it?
1: it it's about halfway between Sydney and Melbourne. Sydney, uh-huh. are halfway down the, or two thirds of the way down the east it, coast. It's, not coast not as, and Melbourne it's on, on the east the coast. Ba- on the,
2: uh, now, when here. you were speaking, I had a. I had a short vision, and what I saw is I saw the Chinese statements by Xi that he will fight tooth and nail for the world prescience in the South China Sea. It's a launch point, and if the disaster strikes climatologically to China, the first place they're going to go and invade is Australia. Well, there you have it. So you're going to have a massive invasion of Chinese troops into Australia if the ice age which we know is going to last 75 to 90 years and the expansion of the Gobi Desert continues there's some days in Beijing where it's so bad you can't see the sky uh, because of the dust, not from industry but just the expanding desert and now the cooling of the northern hemisphere which would massively affect Russia and China these nations are under judgment and they want to expand southward that's why they're building this giant military not to defend themselves but to invade that's what? Yes, you've hit it on the head. That's what they're dangerous to Australia. Massive invasion by China.
0: Get To improve your brain chemistry, Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. 888- 212 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together.